We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay, it's not starting too late, so this is good. So just to recap a few things. Uh, last time we went through Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim and a couple of brief points, uh, not repeating what we did for the first half of the Basmalah, but the second half. Uh, the root word being Rahma, and half of Rahma is to give ease, half of Rahma is intimacy. And so Allah Ta'ala, his primary relationship with us, or a primary relationship that he has with us is one of creation. A primary relationship that Allah Ta'ala, or that the Prophet peace be upon him has, is to be the manifestation of Allah's Rahmah for all of creation. And a primary relationship that we have with each other is also Rahmah. And so that is what? To give ease to each other. And the intimacy happens when we respond with gratitude. Which now to take that point a step further, we're saying that if Allah is giving me ease and I'm not responding with gratitude, that's a problem. And if Allah Ta'ala is giving me ease and I'm not even recognizing the, the, the ease, that's uh, on the path to rejection of faith. And so you will sometimes see shukr, gratitude, and kufr, rejection, as being opposites of each other. So kufr and iman are opposites of each other, iman being having faith, kufr being rejection of faith but also kufr and shukr are opposites of each other in the context of, of the Qur'an, you know. And so, and then Rahman is that verbal form, or that, uh, not verbal, that superlative form is the highest. So it's the same thing that Qur'an is Rahman. Um, and then uh, Rahim is the eternal form, Karim, Majid, Nabil, um, that also is uh, eternal of whatever the, the word means. And commentators say when you see Rahman or Rahim together, Rahman is like a mother's love for her child. Rahim is like, uh, is like no, no, sorry. Rahman is like rain. Rahim is like a mother's love for her child. Meaning what? When it's raining, it rains on every one of us, regardless of our character, regardless of our belief. So there's an aspect of Allah's mercy that is given to everyone. So think of consciousness as something that is given to everyone. Even if I take my consciousness and I become a tyrant, I'm still being given consciousness. Yeah. Rahim, we said, is like a mother's love to her child. So imagine a mother babysitting five children in addition to her own child. She thoroughly loves all six children, but she's not going to love the five the way she loves her own child. And so Allah Ta'ala has a unique relationship of Rahmah with each and every one of us, which is different than his relationship with all the rest of us. Yeah. So that's Rahman and Rahim. And then that sums up the Basmallah. Yeah, and feel free to interrupt anytime. Yes. Rahman directly translates as the most in Rahma. Rahim is the eternal in Rahma. That would be the, the, the basic Arabic translation. So when you see that uh, E form, Karim, Majid, Nabil, whatever the root is, it's eternal of that. Yeah. And so, what is Khadi, what does your your first name mean? What does Khadija mean? Yeah, middle name. Yes, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, okay, so look up what it means, and that form Khadij is the eternal of whatever that is. Dun, dun, dun. So, what does your name mean? Okay, you read and said fine. Uh huh. Kubra was probably her title. Yeah. Because uh, it's uh, Khadija bint Khuwailid. Yeah. Right, yeah. So Khuwailid is sort of like little Khalid. Yeah. Which is interesting. <laughs> Actually, you know what's crazy about that? Before I knew that, you know that I just told you the list of children's names I have? Yeah. My first one, Khalid. Oh, snap. My favorite name is Khalid. Oh, mashallah. And uh, I always read books from uh, um, Khalid Jamie. Okay. Yeah. Ah, yeah, very interesting. So what does Khalid mean? Khalid is like, Khalid is forever. Really? Yeah. Like Khalidina Fiha, so they will be in there forever. And so then try to figure out what I mean, everything somehow translates as great, but I mean it's not precise it's not precisely. Uh Khalid even more accurately is something that makes things eternal. But now here's where it gets fun. Khuwailid is sort of like saying little Khalid. So don't try to even <laughs> you, you should tell your mom. Well, funny you should ask. Because, yeah, you know. Oh, that's crazy. But even try to uh, try to even comprehend what that means. If Khalid is someone who makes something eternal, or Khalid is just eternalizing, then what is little Khalid? What could that even possibly mean? Little eternal. 
I don't know. That's uh, I think. Wait, wait, is there an answer to this? So wait, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. You're saying these specific words mean eternal? Do all mean eternal? Eternal of whatever the word is. So oh, okay. so. So think of Majid, Majid, or Majid meaning like majestic. Majid is eternally majestic. So what is what is Shahid? So, but what does the word literally mean? No, 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 no. So Shahid means witness. Shahid is one who is witnessing. Shahid is one who is witnessing internally. That's why we call a marker uh, a Shahid because they are now literally. It bearing witness to the truth of God eternally, uh, whereas shahid is temporary. So the a e form that's an actual the in Arabic form that means that. So Khadija is whatever your root word means, it's the eternal of that. Yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. And so Samina, yeah. So Khalid is a different form. That's uh, so that would be like Majid. Um, um, you know, um, what would be other words uh, that we use commonly? Uh, it's all slipping me right now, but that ah, e form is what we call an active participle. It's the one who does whatever it is. Alim is like one who knows. Khawailid is different. That's more like Hussein. Yeah. So Hassan is like, you know, someone does good. Hassin would be eternally beautiful. Yeah. Hussein is little Hassan. Thus, so, I mean, I mean, again, like in the same way, everything means great. Everything also means the best in different ways, right? <laughs> yeah. So Hassan can also mean like one who makes things good, one who is very straight, all those oh, things. Right. And Hussein is a little version, is a little of that, a little version of that. So the Prophet's grandchildren are Hassan and little Hassan. Yeah, the same. Okay. In any case, anyway, so 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 that's Rahman and Rahim. And again, to repeat this thing that you hear from me over and over again, that if the better I understand the Basmallah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, the better I understand the essence of Al-Fatiha. And so now we're getting into the essence of Al-Fatiha. There's also a difference of opinion as to whether or not Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is actually part of Al-Fatiha. So everyone unanimously agrees that Al-Fatiha has seven ayahs, but it's almost like 50-50 uh, 50% say Bismillah Rahman Rahim is the first ayah, and 50% say no, it's not an ayah um, as part of Al Fatiha. So, meaning 50% say Bismillah Rahman Rahim is the first ayah, and 50% say Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen is the first ayah. And both of them are sound arguments, meaning you're not going to be able to win one over the other. So, which sides take law? I mean, so different schools of law. So, the Hanafis uh, will say Bismillah Rahman Rahim is, now I've totally lost, is an ayah. Whereas other schools will not. But uh, the Hanafis, let's reframe it. The Hanafis will not recite Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim out loud. So Desis were in their often leading prayer. You're not going to hear them recite Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim out loud commonly. They'll start with Alhamdulillah. Yeah. But again, that, that, the detail of who is, is one or the other is, is immaterial. They're both traced back to the Prophet. Yeah. But again, uh, even though I'm saying that a population will not recite it out loud, they're still reciting it before Al-Fatiha. So for the common person, the, the difference becomes immaterial, becomes irrelevant. But uh, think of other possible consequences. Then we're, say, we're cutting down half of the references to Rahman right. in the surah. Right. So, so if we include Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, we're saying ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, four references to Rahman. And we're cutting it down to two, 50%. So we could argue potentially there's a change in the intensity of the Rahmah of the Surah, which is still, it's still Rahmah, but, you know, other things like that, but which would not be as relevant for a layperson. No. Okay, so now let's get to Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. We haven't covered that yet, have we? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is, this is where we are now beginning. So first, uh, a little bit of, of, of uh, language. So, Hamd... Uh, is commonly translated as praise. It's uh, half of it is praise, half of it is gratitude. So hamd, half of hamd is in Arabic thana, which is praise, and half of it is shukr, which is gratitude. So both of those are part of hamd. Now, where else do we hear hamd? 
Muhammad. So that form, Muhammad, which is the same form as my last name, Muzaffar, that mean, that's uh, one on whom is whatever that word is. So, so, so it comes from Hamadas. So the form Muhammad means one on whom is praise and gratitude. That's what Muhammad literally means. And so, so Muzaffar, what does anybody know what Zafar means? The root word of my last name. So it means essentially victory. And so Muzaffar is one who is made victorious. Uh, why is that? Why is that funny? Maybe you need to focus on your, your nation's 25th anniversary for now. And that, that victory, because that would also be Muzaffar. They were made victorious. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so, hamd, uh, so having said that, why do we express hamd to Allah? Because alhamdulillah is hamd is due to Allah. Why do we do it? Sorry? Why? Okay, so one reason is because of what he's done. And a bigger reason is that hamd is due to him just because he is Allah. Even if he didn't do anything, if he didn't create anything, even in that scenario, however that would work, praise and gratitude are due to Allah. And just because he is Allah. Meaning that it is not possible for anything, as you and I know, to come near him in greatness. So by definition, all is automatically doing the hamd of Allah. So we believe it from the perspective that a believer is seeking to do hamd of Allah. How is a rejecter of faith doing the hamd of Allah? How? Sorry? Okay, when they thank other people, if let's say they don't even thank other people. How let's let's think of the worst troll, the worst tyrant, you know, like the most horrible personality. Oh no, far worse than this guy. Yeah, no, 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 far, far, far worse than that. You know, no, the, 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 sorry. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can ask ask uh, the wife. Um, now she wouldn't even say he's the worst, but she has nothing positive. Anyway, so, so, um, so imagine the person with the worst possible personality. We don't have to associate with any real person that we know. How is that person doing alhamdulillah? And let's say they're, even the way they're conducting themselves is just purely by stealing from everyone and destroying everyone else. How is that person doing alhamdulillah? So at one level, they're following Allah's plan. Okay. And another level, what else? That all of the evil that they're doing does not decrease even then the greatness of Allah. So we're saying that, yeah, absolutely, everyone is still fulfilling Allah's plan. Uh, but even, you know, so over and over again, it'll say in the Quran that, you know, if you reject Allah Ta'ala is, is wealthy, is not in need of, of, of your belief. That uh, part of Allah's greatness is all of creation could somehow unite and turn away from Allah, and that only furthers his greatness because it does not uh, affect Allah's status in the slightest. Good. Okay, so Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. So Rabb. Commonly translated in most of our translations says Lord. Um, for those of you who have the translations in front of you, how is it translated? Lord. Lord, yeah. So I'm going to give you a thorough translation. And I invite you to see if you can sum up that whole translation into one word. Okay? And I've not been able to do that. So if you can do it, I'll give you $10. You don't have to do it right now. Okay. It's, it's an open offer. Oh, really? Mashallah. I'm sorry? <laughs> so I'm saying so I'm going to give you a thorough translation of Rabb uh -huh. and and your goal and I don't even have a set deadline for when you have to do this by is to sum up that whole translation thoroughly in one word okay you I have not been able to do it there's do a word it, that I, I use if we do it will you quote us in English we can't say in Arabic you know yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you, maybe okay. maybe you have uh, abilities that that you know intellect that is beyond mine. So, and the Salah Khadija is like, oh, I got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so will you quote us if we do get it? If you want, you know. I mean, like some people, you know, do effort in order to be mentioned. Every time you say that word, will you like Sayyidah? Well, if you think about it this way, every time I use that 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 word, you're going to be getting rewarded by Allah Ta'ala. That's true. Uh-huh. You're like, no, that's not enough. I want, I want something from the here now. Okay, so here's the translation. Ready? The one who takes something from immaturity to maturity according to its unique design. The one who takes something from immaturity to maturity according to its unique design. So I'm suggesting Lord does not encompass this. Not even close. Lord is not a wrong usage. Because um, even uh, in colloquial modern Arabic, we say Rabb al-Bayt, who's sort of like the lord or the master of the house. But Rabb, in terms of its etymology, is the one who takes something from immaturity to maturity according to its unique design. Already, well, you're thinking, true. I got something, I got this something. Samir has all these ideas going through her head right now. So this is, okay, Lord would be the, uh, what you're going to say, that's the exact transition of Rabb. That is, that is exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying Lord, I find to be a dissatisfactory translation. Not a wrong translation, but in the way that praise is not sufficient for hamd. I'm saying praise is half of hamd. Mercy is half of rahmah. But I'm saying Lord is less than half of rub. The one who takes something from immaturity to maturity, maturity in its proper form. According to its unique according design. According to its unique design. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, thus you'll find guardian lord, you'll find lord, things like that. Nourisher. So, I use nourisher. So, nourisher, um, which, as you all understand, doesn't really capture it. Sorry? Professor. No, not even close. Yeah. Well, what exactly does that mean? It takes immaturity to maturity. It takes something. So, your rub yeah. takes you mm-hmm. from immaturity to maturity according to your unique design. And what is or, design? or, so think of an atom. Allah takes each atom from immaturity to maturity. So it's like we're saying through its whole life cycle, according to the design of that particular atom. Or Allah takes each galaxy from... So maybe, suppose we said immaturity to maturity is sort of like saying from raw to ripe. Um, According to its unique design. Okay, I know you've got something in mind. Let's hear it. What do you got? Well, that's definitely not a word. It's not, it's not, Ripener. 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 Okay. Yeah. So Again, you're you're getting there. Yeah. We're developing. Don't worry, I'll come up with it. Inshallah. Yeah. So he is the one who is taking you through your development. Yeah, according to your specific design. So even if you had a twin sister, so uh, so you uh, so Allah Taala is taking you through your whole you know life journey, according to your design, and he's taking your twin sister through her whole life journey according to her unique design. Yeah. So now you're going to be too caught up in trying to come up with uh, an actual word. But looking at the concept, we're saying that, in the same way we're saying you know, with Rahim, that Allah Ta'ala has a unique relationship of Rahma with each creation. He is Rabb of each creation, which means he's taking each creation through its full life cycle from start to finish according to the design of that particular piece of life or inanimate object or what have you. The harvester. Harvester, ripener, yeah. Harvester. You know. It's I think you're 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 correct both you're correct in being in the same universe. Repiner's exploring, it's not raising. What do you say? Repiner? Pioneer. Pioneer. Yeah, pioneer still sort of general. But again, again I mean, you're all gonna be like, I need to prove that I'm smart. I need to do this. Yeah, it doesn't capture it, right? You haven't Nourisher doesn't. Ca- I'm saying, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm inviting you to try. I'm saying I haven't been able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Generator, no. Generator's like it creates. It only doesn't follow it all the way. Very Rub, you're saying. I mean, so so words related to rub, tarbia is training, you know, um, and so. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's an open, open uh, question. And so, yeah, yeah, mashallah. And so now, if you think of the shift in depictions of Allah, 
for example, from, from biblical tradition to Quranic tradition, what you don't find is ab, which is what? Father. Father. So ab in Islam is not used for Allah. Rabb is used, which, you know, also has, you know, a parent, like you said, a motherly or a fatherly type thing. Well, it ends in a ha, but it's the same, similar to Thamarbuta, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like feminine, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, so we're saying Allah, excuse me, is the Rabb of all the worlds, Al-Alameen. So let's think about this. So question, do you believe that there's life on other planets, intelligent life on other planets? I mean, we're here, so. Yeah, this is not other planets. I'm not aware of this. See if you can find it. No, I was suggesting are we considered intelligent life? Like there could be. I mean, maybe these three. Anyway, anyway. So, so, so. But I mean, that would not include me if I'm saying these three. That was part of the joke. Uh, see if you can find it. I mean, you don't have to find it right now. You can find it whatever, inshallah. I'm not familiar with that. Life on other planets. So, so intelligent life. Intelligent life. Why? Or. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but you're saying there's no doubt there's intelligent there's life on no, other planets. There's no, uh, uh, there's no proof otherwise. Uh, yeah. There's okay. no. The, you don't, anyone has like the like, No one can say no. No one can doubt. Yes, we can. Okay. So let's hear it. Oh, all right. The debating has begun. Yeah. Okay, explain. Okay. Um, is it a fair... Okay, please, please explain this speech because uh, I think all of us, including yourself, would confirm that there's life outside of this room. So please uh, explain your point. Okay, tell us all. You know, tell us the, the, tell us about the box and everything. Go ahead. So, like, Schrodinger, he theoretically says that there's a cat in a box and there's poison in the box and it's an opaque box so you can't see it close the box. Is the cat dead or alive? We don't know if the cat drank the poison or not. Okay. And we will never know until we open that box. Okay. So that used to one point. We will never open those boxes. Yeah, so dun, dun, dun. is life and yeah. is not life, and we can't say either way. Exactly, so we can never say there's a definite no. We also can never say there's a definite yes. Yeah. Okay, so so you agree. So you both agree, basically. Both agree. You both agree but by saying, I, I don't know. Okay, so you're agreeing. We can't say no, but you're, but but it's a highly recommended. It's not even just like a high probability. It's a highly recommended. And so, where does it say? It doesn't say that part. In the heavens, it's not there. Period. Yes. So he made the sky and the earth and whatever living creatures. The sky and the earth. So Where's the sky? Like, oh, right. That makes it so much worse because, like, with the recent. Okay, so there have been lectures on, like, this is so. I don't know if I can go into that later. Might as well find it. Yeah, let's do it. The flat earth theory stuff. Um, I actually, now, every semester, now I ask students if anyone actually believes the flat earth. Yeah. 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 I had a Muslim student who told me this is a flat earth, and I said I, I decided to fail. Okay. And the seven heavens above. Okay. And with the flat earth theory, that makes cool uh, So are you arguing we cannot confirm or I'm deny if the earth is flat? No, no, no. What I'm, I'm saying, saying, well, Allah says in the Quran, like, each planet in its orbit, right? So okay. Not, so what if it's a flat earth going like this? <laughs> yeah. So, no, because I was saying, if we use the Schrodinger's cat argument, does that mean... We can't confirm or deny that the Earth is flat or spherical-ish. Wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I'm completely uh, lost. We cannot confirm anything because what we perceive is through our senses, and okay. we don't know if those are reliable. Okay. But even from your perceptions a, are from even a, your perceptions um, are using like Occam's razor to to <laughs> okay. Keep going. To um like make sense of the world around us, we can assume from our senses the things that are going on are actually. Okay, and we so can assume that the logic of it makes sense. 
Okay, so so to take Schrodinger's cat and Occam's razor to their full, razors to their full conclusion, <laughs> we of... cannot confirm or deny that this sister who's sitting to my right, possibly or possibly not, has a brain. We can't confirm or deny, right? <laughs> we can't confirm right? or deny. But we can, however, <laughs> assume that there is a brain present there. Correct? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, so what does that have to do with Allah Ta'ala creating life in other planets? Doesn't know that the creation of the heaven and the earth is a, is a, is an easy thing. <laughs> keep looking, keep looking. That's why I'm part of... I don't think that's actually been verified. There's a belief of the, of the finding of bacteria either on Mars or one of the, uh, the, the moons of Jupiter. And so that's why I'm adding the intelligent thing. Intelligent meaning uh, that we can identify choice, consciousness, those things. So the idea to reflect? Well, that I don't know how we prove, but can we identify I mean, choice taking place? I mean, the capability to reflect. We, everything can choose by instinct, would you say? Okay, so you're saying that you believe that this couch has the, has the capability of choosing. Or are you going back to, you know, we don't know. Everything thinks. Everything thinks. Does everything think? Everything feels. Everything feels. Yeah, see? Everything yeah. is praising Allah. That's Everything. absolutely true. But, it, but the chair can't choose to do so. Uh-huh. Okay. So, oh. if there, so what we're saying is that, okay, do you believe that there's life on the moon? I won't say the moon part. Okay, so I'm just asking about the moon. I'm just talking about the moon, just only the moon. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> is the moon praising Allah? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, right. By choice? Choice or not? No. Uh, um, no. We could say perhaps not by choice. Is this table praising Allah? Well, we so would say absolutely it is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More okay. Than sometimes believe. Yeah, perhaps more than any of us. Perhaps Allah knows why best. Do the, uh, why do I think of the moon as more um, human, as like more giving praise than that table? Is, there's that smiley man face. Of a, I don't know why. I, don't know. I thought it was yeah, like uh, he's, the moon tells us what to do so. I mean, it is... A, it is a device to help us figure out when to do things, right? Okay, so so back to this. Uh, so, moving past the philosophies, you're saying, yeah, you believe there's life in other planets. Yeah? You're, you're saying you believe it. I mean, forget highly recommend. You believe that there is. I mean, there's, there's, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna call you up. At, okay, here's the thing. We do know this. We do know that the universe is always expanding. That we have. Do we? Do we? Do we? Do we? So all I'm asking is, do you believe that there is? I believe that That's all I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Wants, I mean, it's a belief, re- right? It's, she wants the reiteration. You can't prove otherwise. That's yeah, yeah. We've, already estab- we've already established, but yeah. Now, do you believe that there's life on other planets? All I'm asking is a belief. You're not going to be no, held to account in any capacity. Just, yeah. for, just fair, fair enough, but you're just saying the short answer would be yes. Like it's not like we're going to hold you to to it. You said you believe there's life on other planets, you know. I don't have sufficient evidence. Okay, that's all of us. All of us have already established that. So, do you believe that there's no life on any other planet? How about you? What do you think? I believe. Okay, so I don't have an answer. I don't have a belief anywhere. Okay, what's your belief? Yeah, I literally have none. No, I'm saying I literally don't. Yes or no? So I I literally. No, I don't. I don't dis. I also you don't know. disbelieve either. That's not an answer. Okay. I also yeah, that's fine. I mean, but no, you're. Not. But I'm not saying no. I highly recommend and I highly I don't recommend. No, no, no. The, the point we're gonna get to is gonna be really, really cool. Okay, inshallah. Okay. So, so I'm saying it would be really cool if there's life on other planets. It'd be really cool if there's no life. No, this this is literally my answer. Just oh, just wait. It'd be really cool if there's no life on uh, on any other planet. It'd also be really cool if, for example, there's just life on one other planet, too. Uh, I also don't have a problem believing that there's foreign life, meaning from other planets, already on our planet, either. You know, we just, you know, haven't recognized it, whether they're in the form of humans or not. I mean, alien just means it's not from here. 
Yeah, but the point is that, I mean, uh, so even people who argue that there's life on other planets will often reject the idea that they're already among us and stuff and believe that for science fiction. But I think that's also cool to, to explore. But I do believe that, okay, you know, jinns are not bound by, by this world. So, you know, there's, it's easily plausible that there's jinns colonies on other planets as well. That's, I mean, that's any part of our teachings about jinns. Um, okay, now for the cool part. Ready? Go to Sewer 21, which is an eye we might have already looked at for another purpose. No, but you'll still find this to be cool. Sewer 21. Uh, Aya 106. Very, very famous Aya. All of you, well, I mean, at least you three should probably know this Aya, and this is good for you to know it. Yeah, whoever wants to read it, you want to read translation? Yeah. Or the other week, either way? Um, most surely in this, in this is a message to people. Next Aya, sorry. Oh. <laughs> and we have not sent you, but yeah. have mercy to the world. Aha. So the prophet, peace be upon him, is Rahma for all the worlds. So if there is life on other planets, he is also Rahma for them too. Ah, because. Allah knows best. I mean, he went on the night journey, and uh, the Quran is also, and his reports are traveling every. Boom! Told you you would like this. Yeah. Told you. Actually, it's cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so let's go back now to the uh, Al Fatiha. Sorry? So Allah Ta'ala is saying this to the Prophet, peace be upon him. We've not sent you except as Rahmah for all the worlds. So, in the same way, going back to Al Fatiha, Allah is Rabb of all the worlds. We're saying that Allah has made. Uh, that would be Ani, or Aini, if it's a dual. So, so Ina or Una would be plural. Oh, so okay. Alamin, yeah. that's a plural. It's not a double. No, it would be if it's a double, it'd be uh, Alemani or Alemani. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so going back to that, uh, yeah. If there is life on other planets, then the Prophet peace be upon him is also uh, Rahma for them. Now, how is this historically commonly understood? One way um, uh, these alams are understood as these are dimensions of knowledge, realms of knowledge, that Allah Ta'ala is the one who nourishes all the realms of knowledge, which includes all of us as part of his knowledge. Okay. Another way this is understood is the dimensions of the seen, the unseen, and also don't think of the, the unseen as being only one dimension. That might be numerous dimensions as well. Okay. So the dimensions of humans, angels, and jinns. So these are ways that, that alamin, the worlds, is commonly understood. And so he's a nourisher for, for all the worlds, or he's the one who takes all the worlds and everything in all the worlds from immaturity to maturity according to their unique design and such. So that's alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And then again we have ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So what would you say would be some of the possible effects or possible intents from the repetition. We have Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, again ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. What would be possible purposes or effects? Okay. So yeah, I'd say absolutely, that's, that's, that's one of the repetition of facilitates memorization. What else? Yeah, I would say absolutely. And the fact of the repetition is also emphasizing it. That it comes right before, that comes right after that. Uh, so, so then here's a question. Uh, if Allah is so merciful that his mercy is directly mentioned four times, right there literally on the first couple of lines of the first page of the Quran, and even Rabb, we can also interpret as sort of like a type of generosity, if he's so merciful, then how do you reconcile that or how do you explain suffering? 
If so merciful. If he's so merciful, then why do we have suffering? Okay, okay. You mean like in the judgment or earlier? It, it depends. We don't know. Okay. Um, for us. Okay, test. Okay, what else? I think that's just it. Like, if you know, you do have mercy, then how can you make Okay, okay. So, your thoughts? Uh, the alternative is yes. That's absolutely true, too. Okay, so the alternative to looking at, you know, mercy as being in everything is worse. Okay, explain this point further. I don't even know where I want to go with that, but okay, but, uh. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is a cool line, you know. Yeah. Let me say yeah, it. Yeah, Let me say it. Maybe like Schrodinger's cat, Occam's razor, this cool well, line. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's, an old theological, it's an old theological idea that the reason there's suffering, like, uh, I'm going to go off on this. Go for it. That's, uh, that the, the reason there's suffering is because without this, which is the, the su- actual suffering is exponentially worse. Mm-hmm. So there is actually mercy giving us just the tip, the, just the surface level suffering. Mm-hmm. So the alternative is worse. Meaning to, it could be much things could be even much more. So the mercy is that he's not giving us full, full suffering. You know, full suffering. Say it again. Well, let's say it again. We, we know that there's also ease with suffering. Okay. So he tells us himself that like, we're conscious of the ease. Okay, but before getting to that point, uh, his point is that even the worst hardship you're experiencing in this life could also be worse. I think we discussed this point with about hell last time. Yeah. That 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 hell itself, whatever a punishment, you know, you know, returning uh, all of us. So none of us will get it. But whatever punishment someone is getting in hell, that could also even, uh, which is already unimaginable. It's already beyond imagination. Which could if even it's be beyond worse. imagination. It's much, yeah. much worse than that. So yeah. So whatever, whatever, whatever is fathomable is actually merciful. Yeah. So now. <laughs> Uh, let me give you a real, uh, couple real-world scenarios. One, suppose you have... Uh, I'm sorry? Okay. Suppose you have a baby that's born suffering from the parents' choices. So the baby is born addicted to alcohol. Okay. So it's because of the choice of the mother to drink. The baby is born with an alcohol addiction and is suffering... Non-stop. Okay. Um, how do you explain that? You know, in the context of Allah's mercy, we can say, yeah, it could be so much worse, right? Uh, uh, could it ease? But the baby didn't do anything to earn this. So. Okay, so suppose the baby dies from it, then, you know, from an objective sense, we could say that the baby uh, will go straight to paradise, inshallah. Okay. Um, uh, but what about the parents? Yeah. So where's the mercy in it? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Are they Muslim? Uh, uh, let's say scenario one, yes. Let's say scenario two, no. What does it change? Because every, like, everything for a believer is good. Okay. So you're saying not only Muslim, like a, a, a super strong believer. Not like anything. Okay. So everything that has bad that has happened to you, you felt is good? Okay, but you have looked at it as good. MashaAllah, that's impressive. Uh, I don't think that's that common. Yes? I mean, definitely Allah knew whatever it is you're about to say. Yeah. 
Okay. 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 So then let's make this more complicated. Um, that this person otherwise would not have gone to paradise on their own. What if this person, instead of dying at age 11 months, this person dies at age 80 and lives a life of struggle and struggle and struggle and finally they give up and they say, forget this. Do then what? Die or do they... And then it just happens the next day they get hit by a car and they die. Okay, so uh, what if they say to Allah, well, why didn't you just take my life when I was a baby? Yeah. You know, and I would have gone to paradise. But I'm sad that this person who, even for the baby, like an eight-year-old man, I'm sad that they're only designing Allah to find that out for them. Okay. To us that is our suffering, okay. but that is something Allah has planned for them. Okay. Which okay. means the suffering is never, the suffering is never given in a way, you don't suffer for something you can't have. Okay, okay, so essentially, yeah, the essence of what you're saying is the response would be that you've never been given anything you cannot handle. Okay. Uh, say it again? Exactly. And so, and so, mashallah. And so, so let's give you, let me give you another real world scenario. Oh, oh, back to wait, your point. What if they're not Muslim? Um, they're like, sorry. Okay, right? Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah. you're like on that note. I gotta go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're like I'm out of here. Me and SpongeBob. Okay, so, 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 uh, so yeah, go for it. Okay, so you're saying there's wisdom no matter what. Okay, uh, so let me give you another real world scenario. Uh, the previous baby example was the baby suffering because of a choice by the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, again, a real-world scenario where this baby has this genetic condition, which is literally something like one in X million, and this is real, uh, where her skin is so delicate that if you touch it, she starts, yeah, she starts bleeding. Okay, and so her parents, uh, so her baby, the baby's whole day is screaming in pain, and and the parents' whole day is putting gauze on the baby all over, but by the time they're done, it's all bloody, and then they have to take it all off, <coughs> and then this is a real condition, meaning it's a it's like a past friend of mine, his niece. Like a real, real condition, and then uh, it also extends inside the esophagus. So anything that they feed the baby has to be super soft liquid. Okay, and so this is the baby's plight nonstop for give or take about eight years until the baby dies. So naturally, we'd say, well, the baby's going to go straight to paradise, yeah. But yeah. So, so in terms of, of textbook Sunni theology versus this other group that we call the Mu'tazila, which is sort of like sort of like rationalists, the Mu'tazila says that you earn heaven or hell, and so this baby would be in like a middle place, almost like a purgatory type thing. So, Sunni textbook Sunni theology is all of for all of us our default is not just to go to paradise, but it's to go to the top level of paradise. That's a default for all of us. And it's actually each step that I go lower is what I'm earning. And likewise, the default for all of us is belief. So someone who is rejecting belief, that's the actual choice. And so, so the baby, the baby's default is to go to the top level of paradise. And that's where the baby would go. So not just paradise, but the top level. Um, um, this is, a, a, I believe, there's a hadith narration where Allah Taala has prepared for each of us uh, a, a palace in the top level of paradise, and then if we don't reach that level, then it's given to someone else, meaning someone else who already has another one waiting for them. So, okay, so, so I mean, the answer to that we'll then find out on the other side, inshallah. Um, but 
then let's say again, if this baby was going to die at eight years old and go straight to paradise, and the baby, if the baby died at seven years old, was going to go straight to paradise, then why make the baby live that long and not like just have the baby die earlier? Well, some of them is worse. You could have not been born at all. Okay, but um, uh, if the baby was not born at all, then there's no suffering. Right? Because the baby just didn't exist like everyone else who doesn't exist. It would never exist. What do you think? Okay. 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 But what I'm saying is that uh, if the baby's dying at eight, okay, why not make the baby die at seven then? And have one less year, 12% less, Maybe or die at four? Okay, so that would also be part of this, that when suffering is taking place, there is a person who is immediately suffering, and there's also uh, people who are peripherally suffering, in this case like the parents and such and family members. There's also the people who are witnessing. So when we use the language of test, the baby, it's hard to say that the baby is being tested. The baby has no choice here. The parents are being tested, but so too are all the witnesses to the suffering. Uh, they're also being tested. Yes? So, 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 or we can even, uh, so let me come back to that in just a second. So, so we're also saying the witnesses to all this are also being tested, meaning held to account, uh, for which will be held to account on the day of judgment. If we're witnessing, we also have to make choices too. You know, so an example of that right now would be what's happening in Flint with the water. Uh, the people who are there are suffering. All of us who know about it, we're also going to be held to account for it because we're witnessing the suffering. And we might do something, we might not do something, but every one of us is going to be held to account because we're witnessing the suffering of, of those people. It doesn't mean that we have the capacity or the ability to cure the problem. Uh, uh, how much I'm being held to account might be really big, might be really small, but I'm witnessing the suffering of another person. Uh, at the end of the day, it all comes down to a couple points. One is Allah is free to do as he wills. right? So even if he does not make life more difficult, He's free to do as he wills. You know, that's part of our outlook of surrender. And also, uh, and we've already uh, touched on this part multiple times, this world is not fair unless we include the Day of Judgment. You know, if we do not include the Day of Judgment, this world is not fair. There are going to be people throughout human history who will uh, be made to suffer and will not be compensated for it in any capacity, whether it's life or time or something, and there'll be people who will cause suffering to other people, uh, who will not be paid for it uh, in this dunya. There'll be people who do good to others who will not be paid for it in this dunya. There'll be people who receive good who will also uh, not pay for it in this dunya. This world has glimpses of fairness, but it is not truly fair. This world is morally incomplete, and that completion happens with the Day of Judgment. Okay. Which so is the next it, ayah? Sorry. So without it, it's incomplete. So without the day of judgment, which is the next ayah, master the day of, ju day of judgment, uh, morality is incomplete. We would have to then uh, assert other. Uh, either we acknowledge that it's just not fair, you know, um, uh, or we might have other philosophies like karma and such to argue that there is still fairness. We're saying this paradigm. No, this world is not fair. And a simple way to think about this is. Uh, suppose you have a person who kills 10 people what could possibly be fairness in this worldly life you know, unless you include something in the hereafter whether it's reincarnation or a day of judgment you know. got it? okay let's stop right here so next time we're going to start with Maliki Yomuddin right, any last questions or thoughts? Okay, so I would say that. Um, and then how would I, uh, what would you say in response to the narration about when we're going to near end times, 
and people are going to look for people to give zakat to, and no one's going to be in need of it. Then what? Okay, think about it. Maybe we can save it for next time, inshallah. All right. Yeah. So there's going to be a period where uh, you're going to look for someone to give zakat to, and you're not going to find someone. There's going to be a big population, but you know, you give zakat to someone who is eligible to receive it, and no one is going to be eligible. There's going to be that much wealth. So I can't give you a right answer except to say that that's not a proof of, of God that God doesn't exist. It's a critique of an attribute of God. And then how do you find In what? So we're saying the only thing really to say mm-hmm. is day judgment. Meaning, uh, um, I, we, it's easy to say in an, a philosophical sense that that could be even worse but uh, but from a compassion perspective there's nothing that can possibly be said except that you know you have hope on the other side yeah I would say absolutely that so like you like the work that I do or, or even think about it this way suppose you have someone who who has a family member that just suddenly died uh, uh, sometimes as a way of offering compassion we'll say you know uh, they're in a better place. Mm-hmm. But from a dean perspective, we don't know that, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. below, they might be going to hell. Yeah. Uh, if, a, if a child dies, we could say they're going to paradise. Yeah. Uh, but from a compassion perspective, more related to the work that I do, uh, sometimes the only thing to do is to sit with him and be quiet. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. That is the compassion. That is the rahma. See what I'm saying? That... There is truth to logical explanation. Oh, actually, I'll give you an example from the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So he's, he's sitting with some of the companions, and he receives a messenger from a messenger, like someone delivering a message, not Rasul. I mean, um, he receives a messenger from his daughter saying, Your grandchild, meaning her child, is sick. Come here, please. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, sends a message back saying, Allah Ta'ala owns, and he gives as he wills, he takes as he wills. Okay which is factually true, right? And then she sends the, the, the message again, please come here, right? And so he gets up and he goes, and then he's holding the baby who's having trouble breathing. Baby's about to die, and so now the prophet is crying. Okay? And so think of both of those as responses that are appropriate for different settings. One. It could be that. Um, uh, it could be exactly that, right? Uh, it could be that he's telling her what she needs to hear first, and then he's giving compassion. Uh, the narration, I don't know if any of the narr- this, this narration comes in like literally maybe half a dozen times. I don't know if any of them actually list which daughter it is. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, uh, um, uh, so it's possible that uh, he's first telling her, okay, here's the reality. And then he comes offering compassion, or it could be he doesn't realize how serious the moment is, and so, so he's sharing this, and but then when now he's in the moment looking at the baby, you know, holding the baby who's having trouble breathing, then you know tears are coming out of his eyes. Could it be also easier said than done? Uh, I want to say yes, but explain explain how you're reading that in this context. I'm reading that is like he's able to send a message from a distance, and then when you're actually there, then yeah, then the removal the removal of emotions comes to effect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's understood that the baby does die. Well, actually, I would say uh, it, the prophet, the baby would have definitely died because all of the the children, grandchildren, died in his lifetime, except for Fatima and Hassan and Hussein. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. Uh, 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 I've had friends and colleagues over the years who have lost children. And in a dunya perspective, a worldly perspective, just from an objective sense, I can't conceive of anything worse in dunya than losing your child. I mean, try to think of what would be worse, just in the general sense. Meaning, this person's pain of losing a child might not be as this person, great as this person's pain of losing a parent. Yeah. But I'm saying, 
um, trying to conceive of losing your own child in your lifetime. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, I don't know if, uh, even try to imagine objectively, just uh, in an objective sense, what would be worse. So something close to that is when the Prophet son was dying, yeah. uh, he's asking Jibreel Islam, is this how much death is supposed to hurt? And then, and, he, and I think he's told yes. And so then he asked Jibreel Islam to put the pain of death of everybody in his ummah on him. Wow. Try, to even, try to even comprehend that. Wow. I don't know if he was given it, um, but um, try to even just comprehend that. And he's literally, subhanAllah, saying, give me the pain of everybody in my ummah. Why would he be saying this? Because he doesn't want, I mean, Allah knows best, uh, but he doesn't want, well, he doesn't want anyone to go through the pain uh, if the risk is that in that moment someone turns against Allah. See what I'm saying? Because otherwise, you know, if you're going through pain and it's going to bring you closer to Allah because of the suffering, you know, he didn't say he doesn't want his 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 ummah to go through suffering, because yeah. your suffering is going to be dropping away sins. But if you are losing, if you're going through that much pain in the time of death, you, yeah, you might abandon faith in that moment. So, 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 so he didn't say, "Don't give anyone pain in their death." Now, the part of the compassion is he said, "Just give it all to me." Any other questions? Uh, yeah, speaking. Yeah. Speaking of context, we knew this has been an issue for a while, but then now we're here get to ask this too. In the, uh, in the news lately, the idea of forgiving a killer of your loved one. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, there were conversations about this in the past, yeah. not just the most recent story. Yeah. About family members, about family members of murder victims coming yeah. out and publicly forgiving their their yeah. loved one's killers, and then. I've, I've heard you discuss this somewhat before, yeah. particularly the reverts who's a Marine, and you remember that from last spring? Remind me, keep going. Uh, Indiana, a Marine, walking to a mosque, converted after... after oh, yes, yeah, yes, after yes. Try, after trying to blow up the mosque. And, yes, and yes, yes, yeah. 26 kills on Yeah, yes, country. yes. So and then you said that was a different one, and then the case of... In general, Forgiving a forgiving a killer and the idea of justice and the idea of doing the right in this life okay. versus what happens after uh, all the thoughts associated. <laughs> okay, okay. So 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 first short answer is you're not under any obligation to forgive anyone in any scenario. In any scenario where you might be forgiving, you have no obligation to do so. In every scenario, if you have the choice to forgive you're recommended to forgive as it being better for you. But you don't have, you, meaning you have, when you have the authority to forgive, you don't have the obligation to do so. Okay. so. And, and so one way to think about this is think of the book of Matthew put together with Deuteronomy. And that gives us a sense of the Islamic outlook. So Matthew is what? Forgive, yeah. right? Deuteronomy is severe punishment. Wow. Whereas uh, Islamic paradigm, you don't have to forgive, but it is better for you if you do. You don't have to, but it's better. Yeah, it's better that you do. Is it why you use the word recommended there? Yeah, yeah. And so, so that I would say is part one of the of the context. And then, part two, if uh, if we're speaking about a murder, then in our society, a murder is a crime against the state. In Islamic time, Islamic paradigm, it's a crime against the family. And so, if a murder happens, the family members have the authority. If and someone's convicted, like it's it's clear this is the murderer. Of your loved ones, then the family members can choose what the punishment is going to be, what the sentence is going to be, and essentially it's two choices: it's uh, uh, death or forgiveness. But with forgiveness, the the person will have to pay pay blood money. How much the blood money is that uh, I think is more culturally specific, not like a specific amount for all time and place, and and so that's what they choose. They choose uh, between those options. Uh, if it's a killer of multiple people, then I'm not sure how it plays out. Whether uh, so, let's say again, he's this person is confirmed for killing ten people. 
do those 10 families uh, choose? And if one family chooses death, then it gets executed. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, this does not exclude the possibility of someone going to prison. Oh. Uh, because if the person has killed multiple people, then it might be deemed that they are a threat to society. Right. Uh, or it may be if a person has killed multiple people, then it might be execution no matter what. Uh, uh, to really contrast it, in our society, adultery is a, uh, a personal crime. Right? It's a crime against people. So, I mean, it used to be that it was actually a crime, a, a breaking the law uh, in most places. Even if it is still against the law, it's, nothing happens, except maybe in the case of a divorce and children's custody. Uh, in the Islamic paradigm, it's a crime against the polity. You do not have the authority to forgive. And the eye is actually kind of scary. It's do not let your, and I'm giving the simple in English, do not let your compassion for them prevent you from enacting Allah's, Allah's ruling. And so uh, that would be the, the, the contrast, adultery versus murder in our society. So there are some crimes that uh, I don't have the privilege of forgiveness. And another example of that would be, suppose someone kills someone who's not part of my family, I don't have the authority to forgive them. So add to the conversation, not just you know the family member of, of, of a murder victim, but suppose it's the community in which a murder has taken place. The community doesn't have the authority to forgive the, yeah, the killer. Have the authority? Okay. Yeah, or the privilege, whatever term we're going to use, to forgive the killer, especially if the victim's family members do not forgive. Uh, but in the sense of restorative justice, they might still try to do something else. So maybe the short answer for all these things. Thoughts? Anything else? Alright, subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashhadu illa ilaha illa anta nastafiruka natubu ilayk wa akhir da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alamin